0: Hello beloved and welcome to this evening's message where we are going to look at a prophecy that the Apostle Paul gave us in 2nd Timothy chapter 3 verse 1 to 2. Now in this prophecy that the Apostle Paul gives us, we've already looked at a few things in it, but there's one specific part that I would like to share with you this evening and I hope it's going to be a blessing to you as it's been a blessing to me to, to basically do the exegesis on the passage. Before we continue, though, let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that we can study your word. And thank you that we can get the the truths that are in your word and um, take it to heart, apply to our lives, and then look at the world through a biblical worldview and to see how the world is lining up and everything is just happening exactly the way that you prophesied it so many years ago. And thank you so much, Father, that we can look at prophecy in a in a way that is just impossible if it wasn't given by an almighty God, all-knowing, who exists outside of time and space. So we thank you, Father, we can worship you and that you've revealed these things to us. And as I share with your people this, this evening, I pray that you will please enable me to do that so that your children, your people may be glorified, uh, edified and uh, uplifted. By your word, this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, beloved. Now, what I would like to share with you is 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to read verse 1 and 2. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. And this is what it says. It says, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. That means dangerous times. Okay. And these times, it says, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Now, all we need to do is just to look at the society that we live in, and you will find that these things are already there. But it's been there since the day when Jesus Christ ascended to heaven. From that moment on, the world started changing. But what we are seeing is we are seeing an enormous increase in the characteristics that the Apostle Paul was sharing with Timothy. People are lovers of self, they are lovers of money, they are boasters, they are full of pride, and they are blasphemers. And we also find this in the church, and it's so, so, so sad to hear. But then they're all also obe- disobedient to their parents and unthankful and holy, and so we can go on. Now, beloved, when we look at a passage like this, immediately we can say, okay, because it's been going on for so many years, why, how can we say this is Prophecy. Uh, beloved, all we need to do is to look at a combination of all the prophecies that was prophesied in the Old and the New Testament, and we will be able to see how serious this stuff is, or how serious it is to, to, to take prophecy, n- not just at face value, but to take it seriously. All right. Now, when we talk about blasphemy, because that's the thing I would like us to look at, because it says lo- men will be lovers of themselves, Lovers of money, boasters, proud, and blasphemers. I believe that it's possible to have professing believers in the church that basically blaspheme the name of God. Beloved, uh, how can I say? It's easy. It's simple. If someone does not have reverence or respect or a deep fear for God, such a person will easily blaspheme the name of of, of God. You see, beloved, you will find few people who will use their mother's name as a cuss word. But if they have a little bit of respect or reverence uh, for their mother, I mean, it will immediately prevent them from using their mother's name as a cuss word nah? or a word that is used without respect for their mother or their father, you know, or somebody that they respect. No, they will not use that person's name as a cuss word. I believe that we are living in a world where people have no more fear for God. They have no more respect for God. They have no more reverence for God. And that's why it is so easy for people to use God's holy name as a cuss word. I'm I'm using the word holy name because God is holy. He's three times holy in the Old Testament. Holy, holy, holy when the angels cried out about... God being on his throne. Now the word blaspheme used here in our text is the Greek word blasphemos. And it basically means to speak evil of of anyone or to uh, injure by words or to blame unjustly. Now when God's name is blasphemed, it basically means that a person speaks of God unjustly in an unjust way. Uh, That's not the way that God is uh, supposed to be um, spoken of. You see, it is to ascribe to God certain attributes and certain acts which basically he doesn't uh, possess. It's not who God is. But it also means that someone says or does anything by which God's name or his honor is basically insulted. But it also means that someone says or attempts to do something that belongs to God alone. For example, you remember when Jesus was on the earth and he was busy with his public ministry, he was accused of blasphemy. And why? Because he basically attempted to do things that only God could do. Okay, And he he was saying things that only God was allowed to say. When Jesus, for example, said that uh, a person's sin is forgiven, to the religious leaders of the day, it was seen as blasphemy. When Jesus rose, someone from the or raised someone from the dead, uh, it was seen as something that only God could do, and and because somebody is doing what only God could do, that would be seen as blasphemy, right? So that's why they saw these things that Jesus was doing as blasphemy. Now Jesus explains what defiles a person nah? in in Mark chapter seven verse 20 to 23, because I believe it's important. Listen to this. Uh, Let let me say it like this. To to basically defile, how can I say, to be defiled basically means to be polluted or offensive in the sight of God. If someone is defiled, it means that such a person's soul uh, is corrupt and it's like an abomination in God's sight. Now, the religious leaders in Jesus' day was concerned that the disciples were defiling themselves because they did not wash their hands. Okay? So, Jesus reacted to this wrong understanding of someone being defiled in, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 18 and 19. And this is what Jesus said. He says, Are you thus without understanding also? Do you not perceive that whatever enters a man from outside cannot defile him? Verse 19, because it does not enter his heart, but his stomach, and is eliminated, thus purifying all foods. And then Jesus tells his disciples in verse 20, he says, in verse 21, he says, What comes out of a man, that defiles a man. Right? For from within, out of the heart of man, proceeds evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, Murders, verse 22, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, and evil eye, blasphemy. Oh, so blasphemy comes from the heart of a person. But he continues to talk about what comes from the heart, pride and foolishness. And He says in verse 23, all these things come from within and that defiles a man. All right, not what goes into a person's mouth defiles a person. When because the disciples didn't wash their hands and they were eating with 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 dirty hands and because they didn't observe the traditions of the Jews, that didn't defile them. What defiles a person is when these kind of things comes out of the mouth. Now before somebody kills somebody else, normally they will say something. They will normally say, "Listen, I hate this person and I'm going to kill that person or something like that." All right, so all these Things that defiles a person, that makes the person unclean, comes from within someone. And blasphemy also comes from within a person. It's not just something that, how can I say, a person decided one day, okay, no, you know what, I think it's a good idea, let me blaspheme God. No, that's not how it works. A person that blasphemes God God, has a problem with the heart. A real deep-rooted problem with the heart. You see, beloved, all evil thoughts and words and actions come from within a person, from the heart. Now, obviously, it starts with thoughts or ideas or something in the mind, and then it comes out in words, and then it becomes actions. Some people just keep it, you know, inside, and it's just words. Some people are thoughts, and some people will say it. That means it becomes words, but some people act upon it, right? That means that that which defiles then comes from the heart. Now, we know According to Scripture, that the heart of human of a human being is corrupted. Jeremiah says in Jeremiah seventy nine, it says um, the heart is defiled above, ach, deceitful. Sorry, above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So our hearts are deceitful. It is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Scripture teaches us only God knows. Only God searches the heart of a person. Now, what comes out of an unregenerate heart, beloved, is basically pure evil. If, if there's good things that come out of an unregenerate heart, it is because the restraining grace of God is upon that person. That person's conscience is still a little alive. And that person can still discern between what is good and what is evil. So that person has got a kind of a restriction on their actions or on their words because of the society that they live in. Right, so their conscience is still active, but a person that's unregenerate with with their conscience not being controlled, what comes out of them is pure evil. So it's no wonder that people who are unsaved can so easily blaspheme the name of God. It's very, very easy for them. Okay? They can blaspheme God's name, and it's because they have a wicked heart full of blasphemy. And that comes out of the mouth. Now, an unregenerated person has an evil heart and a deceitful heart, no? deceitful above all things, and it, how can I say, desperately wicked. That's what the scripture teaches us. All right. So, And what the person then does is they will speak from that heart. And when they speak, when they use certain things, we're talking about blasphemy now. No? So the moment blasphemy comes out of that person's mouth, that means that that person has just defiled themselves. All right? Because that's what defiles, is the heart defiles. Now what comes out of the heart defiles a person. It is uh, makes that person unclean and that person is not, how can I say, cannot enter into heaven. Okay? Because that person is unholy. You can't go into the presence of a holy God if you are unholy. Now we read in Psalm 51 verse 5. Says, behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in my sin my mother conceived me. So, beloved, a person who has a sinful nature comes from Scripture. It's not something that we make up. It's not that we decided one day, oh, I think it's a good idea that we embrace the doctrine of the sinful nature of man. No, it's it's a biblical concept. All right, and that's what uh, we write, uh, we read in the Psalms. Uh, Psalm 51. So a person who has a sinful nature that is not in check will have no problem blaspheming in the name of God. You see, a person with a sinful nature has an evil heart. The heart is basically deceitful above all other things and exceedingly wicked. And so we should expect that somebody with an unregenerate heart uh, you know, with a sinful nature, that that person will blaspheme the name of God. But a born again believer should not blaspheme the name of God. I mean, the heart of stone has been replaced by a heart of flesh in the in the person that's been born again. So instead of blasphemy, there will be praise. There will be adoration and respect and humility and reverence and fear for God. Okay. Now, there were serious implications in the Old Testament if if anyone would dare to take God's name in vain or to blaspheme the name of God. That's why the the religious leaders in Jesus' day was also so serious about it. Leviticus Leviticus 24, 16 tells us, Whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall, shall certainly stone him the stranger as well as him who is born in the land. When he blasphemes the name of the Lord, he shall be put to death. In Exodus chapter 20 verse 7 we read, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Now, beloved, to take the name of the Lord in vain basically means to use God's name in just Casual, irreverent speech about God. This this word vain, um, or let's call it the the vain use of God's name, can also mean cursing him. Now, when the son of uh, Shilomith cursed God in the Israelite camp, he blasphemed God in the midst of the people that God chose to dwell among them. So he cursed God, and he also cursed God close to the holy place of the tabernacle. And after Moses consulted God on on what he was supposed to do, God basically prescribed death to him by stoning, Leviticus 24, 13 to 16. Now, beloved, we we might think, wow, I'm glad I'm not alive in those days. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't live in the days of, of Moses. The problem is, or the thing is, the moral law of God still exists today. God hasn't changed. God is still serious about His glory and His honor as He was in the days of Moses, in the days of Abraham, uh, in the days of creation. Beloved, we must remember that God is the most worthy being of all. I mean, we can't curse Him and then expect to get away with it. That's not how it works. Now, the last time I looked, God is still the same. He hasn't changed. He's still exactly the same as he was in the days of Noah, of Moses, of Noah, of Abraham. You see, people change and fashion change and attitudes change. But God always stays the same. That's why, that's why it's so wonderful that the Word of God is timeless, that the Word of God never changes. And we can always test whatever we believe or think to the Word of God. And, and God's word is always relevant and always accurate. Okay, now, Scripture clearly teaches that God will punish anyone who blasphemes His name. Okay? And first, I believe it's because He we cannot, we cannot overlook any sin. No one is to be held guiltless for breaking God's law. If you break God's moral law, you must be punished. Beloved, and that's why we need Christ. That's why we need to have faith in Jesus Christ and we need forgiveness of our sins from Jesus Christ. You see, all sin will be punished by God. God will not overlook any sin. But Jesus took the punishment for our sin upon himself when he died a substitutionary death. And God was satisfied with the the payment of Christ. You see, because the payment for our sin by Jesus Christ was basically or, or basically took care of all our sin. Right? So God can legally declare us to be free from sin or yeah, free from the power and the bondage of sin and free from the guilt of sin and the consequences of sin because of what Jesus Christ did, because of his merit. All right. So that's the that's the one thing. And that's the difference between a believer and an unbeliever. An unbeliever who has not been saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ and forgiven of their sin, they have a major problem, a massive, massive problem in their life. And that is, they are still in their sin. But beloved, the thing is, as a believer, we have been cleansed of our sin. Now there's an aspect of the blasphemy, of blasphemy that, that I would like to just, talk about for a few moments because I believe that there's a lot of confusion in the church about the blasphemy of the holy spirit. You see because there is a sin, there is a blasphemy that is unforgivable. If there's blasphemy against the son against Jesus Christ, Jesus says it can be forgiven, but the blasphemy against the holy spirit cannot be forgiven. All right, so there is a blasphemy and it's not what people do nowadays. Um, when they when they use God's name in vain, no, this is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Now remember, if you've been using God's name in vain, if you've been using it as a cuss word, or you've been using it in, in general speech without reverence to God, we need to go to the Lord and ask Him for forgiveness. Okay, plead with Him to forgive you and to wash you of your sin. Okay, we need to repent of our sin of blasphemy and then turn away from it. But if you commit the sin against the Holy Spirit, you can never ever be forgiven. So what is the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit that cannot be forgiven? Um, for that, we need to turn to Mark chapter 3. Alright, Mark chapter 3. Let's read verse 22. It says, And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He has Beelzebub, and by the ruler of the demons he casts out demons. Now notice that the scribe says that Jesus was casting out demons by the ruler of the demons called Beelzebub. So they were saying that Jesus was demon-possessed. Nah? That Jesus was casting out demons or other demons by the ruler of the demons in him. Now, beloved, we know that Jesus basically cast out demons by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon him when he was baptized in the Jordan River. That's when the Holy Spirit came upon him. Okay, There was no demon in Jesus Christ. It was the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. Now the scribes were effectively saying that God the Holy Spirit, that's the third person of the triune God, now of the Godhead, is basically a demon. Now this is serious stuff. Now I I want you to us to go back, I'll get down uh, to verse twenty-eight. This is what we read, verse twenty eight, it says, Assuredly I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the sons of men, and whatever blasphemies they may utter. All blasphemy, basically, is then forgiven except the one, and that's the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, look at verse 29. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation. Now, beloved, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is the surest way for anyone to ensure that they will go to hell. I mean, there's no forgiveness for blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. So, again, what is the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? Go to verse 30. And, and Jesus tells us exactly what it is. Verse 30 says, Because they say, who? The religious leaders of the day. They say what? He has an unclean spirit. You see, here's the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. The scribes basically charge Jesus with having a devil in him and they called him the ruler of the devils and then the scribes also charged jesus with doing the miracles that he did with the help of the devil and they also charged jesus with with casting out demons through the ruler of the demons that was in him so beloved the scribes basically i believe they knew inside of themselves that the miracles that jesus did the deliverance that jesus did Uh, The things that Jesus didn't say, that was not a human being that was saying it. That was was the Messiah. It wasn't just a normal human being. It was the Messiah that came from God. All right, but still, those were the things they said, that Jesus was doing the miracles and, and so on by the demon or by a demon that was within him. Beloved, the scribes basically knew deep down inside, That God was with Jesus Christ of Nazareth in all the things that he did. But they would not acknowledge it. They would not acknowledge Jesus Christ as the Messiah. So you can basically say a rejection of Jesus Christ. And then to ascribe what Jesus Christ did when he was on this earth to the devil. That's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Alright? You see, they they rather ascribed everything that Jesus did to the power and the authority of the devil. And by doing this, they basically reduced God, the Holy Spirit, the third, per- the third person of the, tr- of the Trinity, of the Godhead, uh, to just a created being, to a fallen angel. They reduced God, the Holy Spirit, to to a fallen angel who sinned and rebelled against God. They reduced the Holy Spirit to a demon. They reduced the, the miraculous work of God, the Holy Spirit, to the work of demons. And they reduced the, the deliverance that... That, that God the Holy Spirit did, they said it was the devil. So they humiliated the Holy Spirit. Okay? And they basically trampled on the divinity of the Holy Spirit. They wouldn't acknowledge the divine work of the Holy Spirit in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, all of this together, I believe, can be seen as the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And that is unforgivable. All right, it's not just saying, oh, you know what, one of these false prophets in in, in the world today, when they are causing people to fall in the Spirit and all kinds of things like that, that's the devil. That's not the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. No, the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is to ascribe what Jesus did, Jesus as the Messiah, to reject what Jesus Christ did, and to say that Jesus is not God in the flesh, so you reject Him as, as God in the flesh, that He was filled with the Holy Spirit, and what He did was in and through the power of the Holy Spirit that is by to reject jesus christ for he who he really was that jesus christ was god on the earth and that the holy spirit was doing what he did through jesus christ right so it's much more than than just uh, rejecting jesus christ uh, and and to say no i don't want to be saved i don't i'm not going to believe in jesus no it's to ascribe what jesus did while he was on this earth to the devil his ministry to the devil and basically to to downplay the work of the Holy Spirit and the person of the Holy Spirit to such an extent that the Holy Spirit is seen as a demon rather than the third person of the Trinity. Now, if anyone declares what the scribes did back in Jesus' day, such a person will be guilty of blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Beloved, when Jesus was on the earth... Uh, He was fully God, fully man. Two natures. He had a divine nature and a human nature. He was 100% divine, 100% human. And when he started with his public ministry, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, came uh, upon Jesus Christ. And from that moment on, the Holy Spirit was the one who was working in and through Jesus. You see, from that moment on, Jesus did miracles. He cast out demons. And he preached the gospel of the kingdom And he was preparing the the disciples to, to lead the church later on. He went to the cross to die a substitutionary death on our behalf. Every single miracle, every deliverance, every supernatural work of Jesus Christ was done in and through the power and the ability of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, that indwelled Jesus Christ. And after Jesus died and was buried, he rose again and ascended to heaven. Okay, And he poured out his Holy Spirit uh, to indwell all born-again believers and to enable them to, to do what God expects them to do. So anyone who says that Jesus as the Messiah did what he did on earth through Beelzebub, now the, 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 the ruler of the demons, is basically guilty of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, which means that person is saying that the Holy Spirit is a demon or a devil had worked in Jesus Christ when he did the miracles while he was on this earth. And that person can never be forgiven of that sin. Never. Beloved, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus Christ did the miracles, uh, that he cast out demons, that he fulfilled his mission that he was on earth for, and he did it in and through the power of the Holy Spirit enabling him, that person has not committed the unpardonable sin. Okay? And uh, if that person came to Jesus Christ, repent of their sin, and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ by faith in the completed work of Christ on the cross, that person has not committed the sin of the Holy Spirit or the, the, the unforgivable or unpardonable sin. Beloved, God's children do not have any desire to blaspheme the name of the one they love. God's children acknowledges all that is revealed in Scripture about Jesus Christ the Messiah. I mean, even though the world will blaspheme the name of God, It's expected. It's supposed to be expected. Even though there are people who will blaspheme the Holy Spirit and be condemned to hell forever and ever like the the, the leaders of those days. I mean, still, true believers will hold to what Scripture teaches about Jesus Christ, about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and what God the Holy Spirit did in and through Jesus Christ. I mean, no one... Uh, calling on or by the name of Jesus Christ will blaspheme the one that they love dearly. <laughs> you just don't do it. So if you are one of those people that are using the word oh, the name of Jesus Christ or the name of God as a cuss word or as a word just in general speech, stop, please. Repent. Turn away from it. But that's not the um, sin against the Holy Spirit. Nah? That's not the unpardonable sin. I've explained the unpardonable sin. So, if we adore the Lord Jesus Christ, if we adore God, if we respect Him, if we reverence Him, if we fear Him, if we believe that He is worthy, why would we then use His name as a cuss word? I don't believe that is what believers are supposed to do. So, if you are doing it, repent. If you're not doing it, don't do it. Period. That's it. Don't. Alright. So that the Lord may be glorified in and through our lives. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your love and kindness towards us. Thank you for everything you've done for us. And um, may your name be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved, until next time.